Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show, wherever you're listening from. I can't help but noticing how many haunted house type stories I receive on a regular basis now since I've started the show. Not only are haunted houses not that rare, it's not just old houses. The show starts off with a story from Gigi about a haunted apartment he lived in in Montreal. Okay, I moved into this place December of 2004. When I first moved in, I felt comfortable about it until two years later. Two years later, I had a visitor. She said she was having a lot of nightmares at my place. It became so severe for my visitor that she had to leave. I started getting really bad feelings, overwhelming feelings of guilt. One night, I was sleeping, and I felt somebody was pulsating the bed. And I couldn't explain it, and I didn't tell much people because I really didn't want to make people think that I'm crazy. I started seeing spirits in the apartment running back and forth from the bathroom to the uh, salon. I uh, couldn't explain that until my grandmother, who was a respected clan mother from the Mohawk Nation, and she came to do a cleansing. So she did the cleansing and put salt all around the building. But she explained to me that the spirit was a young man, but uh, couldn't be removed. I ended up staying in that apartment for 10 years until I really had to move out just to save my sanity. So I moved to the apartment two floors above. It wasn't just visions, it was overwhelming feelings of guilt and sadness. And I couldn't explain these feelings to a point where I was admitted to the Douglas Hospital in Montreal. When you go to the Douglas of Montreal, after seeing things like that, you know, they're going to diagnose you as having uh, schizophrenia. But I don't have schizophrenia. Actually, a lot of elders had told me that I'm gifted. I was told by the former tenant from 1973 that a woman had passed away there. The boyfriend was so sad that he committed suicide in that apartment. I was told by my grandmother, who's a clan mother and a very spiritual lady, that when a person commits suicide, that they leave that mark of sadness onto the place and it doesn't go away. But after leaving that apartment, I do feel a lot better. Your stories reminded me of a ghost story I was told recently, somewhat of a famous one in Toronto about an apartment on Queen Street West called the Friendship House. And there was a couple that moved in way back in the 60s. And they also had these visions that forced them to move out. They started slowly and then 
gradually they had more and more and it, it was things that they saw themselves being murdered and as well they also like you had this overwhelming feeling of dread the sadness that they couldn't explain there was nothing that was causing it they found out that someone had committed suicide in the apartment before they moved in and they decided to move out you know the same upon given a story a crazy story at, at that you know but um, I'm glad we have a show where people can really talk about their experiences I want to take away some of that shame and I want people to take it more seriously. There's a few shows that I've seen where the people making the show don't personally believe in it. You might say that's the mission behind this show. I wanted to create a place where people can share their stories without feeling judged as being delusional. A place where curious listeners can hear the stories firsthand and judge for themselves whether they think they can explain away the phenomena. The next storyteller was also worried he was losing it. If you look in the manual that psych doctors use to diagnose patients, the DSM, you can find the term delusional disorder. There's no explanation of a cause, no real associations with any other illnesses. Basically, the term describes people who are otherwise healthy and normal, but who believe something that is found to be impossible. And it's just a non-explanation. It doesn't really help. In all honesty, though, I was pretty doubtful about this next story, When I read what had been submitted in a message to supernaturalstories.ca, I couldn't help but feeling like it reminded me of a horror film and just seemed a little bit too unbelievable. Once I spoke to Brayden over the phone from Ottawa, though, I found that I was talking to someone level-headed and honest, and he was amazed by his experience. I asked questions, he answered them without hesitation. I'll let you hear what I thought was so unbelievable. It started happening... um back in 2016 when I first moved into this house. When we moved in, there was this weird storage cabinet that like a dresser that looked really, really old, had kind of like a weird carving on the side. Right by the feet of it on the right side, there was this little rock circle. We didn't really think much of it. We just thought it was kind of weird that it was there. So we moved the dresser out and we broke that rock circle, specifically I did. I just put them in the backyard thinking nothing of it. About three weeks after that happened, I was in the bathroom and I tried to leave the bathroom and the door won't open. And so I figured maybe like I was just being stupid and I didn't unlock it properly and I try it and I try opening it and it feels almost like somebody's pulling it from the other side. I was kind of like freaking out over the fact I couldn't open the door. Usually what I do when I start to freak out is I look at my own reflection and just practice breathing to calm down. So I went into the mirror and I had just a straight expression on my face trying to breathe to relax. It was really, really creepy. My reflection had this really long devilish grin on its face looking back at me. I started freaking out at that point and went over to the corner of the bathroom and just put my head in my lap. I started just breathing and breathing, trying to calm down, and I started hearing things just like flying off the shelves and scraping and all these weird noises. I just didn't want to open my eyes. I didn't want to know what was going on. My roommate opened up the door, and he was uh, upset at me, like, why did you make a mess of the bathroom? What did you do in here? And I opened up my eyes, 
and everything off the shelves, on the counters, everything was on the ground. It was terrifying, honestly, seeing that like Walla was in there, all that happened. After that happened, we kind of started staying away from that bathroom. Either not lock the door or not close it. Another thing happened in the mirror. I had acne and I was just trying to take care of it looking in the mirror. My uh, eye color is blue. And when I was looking in the mirror, my eye color changed to red. Yeah. And that was terrifying. And I'll, I'll mention this as well, is that I wasn't under drugs or alcohol or for any of these. And then I looked back and they were still red. That scared me so much that I would never go to the washroom without somebody being home. Did you ever feel like you were going crazy? Oh, for a while I thought... Because anytime I tried to talk to my family about it or my roommate, they'd say, oh, it's in your head, you have an overactive imagination. For a while, I felt like I was going crazy. I had no validation for these things I was seeing or hearing. It was driving me wild for a while. <laughs> Eventually, my roommate, one day he just goes, okay, I believe you about the thing that happened in the bathroom. I was home alone and I wasn't able to get out of the bathroom until somebody came home. It got so much for him that he moved out before I did. That was one of his main reasons for moving out. He said, I'm not sleeping anymore. I'm not comfortable. I thought at first, the reason that I was experiencing all these things was because I broke that circle. I do know that the people who lived here before, they have a uh, Haitian background. I used to go to school with their daughter. I remember I asked her, I'm like, is your mom into voodoo or like any of that kind of stuff? She said that her mom is very into that and has made voodoo dolls before, does spells with that and stuff. So that made me a little more scared. Maybe she put that there, like my landlord put it there or something. Well, my first thought being as it's a circle is that it was a protection spell and you broke it. Maybe it was trapping something in it couple weeks to a month after that happened, I finally worked up the guts to finally take a shower in the basement again. I didn't want to wake my brother up using the top floor one. I take a shower. Everything seems kind of normal. Nothing went wrong. But when I get out of the shower, the words get out were written on the mirror. The T was dragged all the way to the bottom of the mirror. It really freaked me out that I get out of the shower and looked fresh. Not like if somebody wrote it the other day and then it steams it up again and then it shows up. It looked like somebody did it while I was in the shower. Was your girlfriend or anybody else there that could have done it? My roommate was living with me, but he was at school when that was happening. I was completely home alone, door locked, everything. Then when we would be just in the basement, We'd hear noises upstairs or in the other parts of the basement. We well enough knew that we were home alone. My roommate and I started getting really terrified hearing random noises in the middle of the night. Almost every night at three in the morning on the dot, you'd hear somebody run up and down the stairs, slamming doors, dragging things across the top floor. This all went on until about the beginning of 2017, where I was moving out of this house. 
And when I was bringing my boxes up from the basement, every time I would try to open the door, it wouldn't open, just like in the bathroom. The door wouldn't open. I ended up actually getting locked in the basement, and it was almost like every time I tried to open the doors, they'd never open. When I was getting my last box out of this house, the door did it again. I started yelling, somebody come open the door, somebody help me, somebody help me. Nobody was able to because the front door to the house locked. My brother and my father and my roommate were locked outside of the house. So I ended up going downstairs and I grabbed some sage that I had and I started lighting it and trying to smudge the house out, saying prayers doing it. Eventually, my family, they just came in through the garage. They said they just put the code in and came in, but it wasn't working before then. Like, we all know the code, we know it works, and it wouldn't before I started using Sage. It's supposed to expel any evil spirits or bad uh, omens. I have a very strong Native American background, and my mother learned from her mother as well. I moved back at the beginning of March. I haven't had anything notable happen since then. For the whole year that I was living at another house, I hadn't had any occurrences like that happen to me. Whatever it is, it seems like it's this house. It's not totally coincidental that the first two storytellers in the show are of First Nations background. As Canadians, we should all want to know more about the spiritual beliefs of the first people here who taught us the ways without which we would not be here. When I make posts Canada-wide, there are consistently many Native Canadian people responding with stories, in large part because of the greater understanding of spirit and less of the stigma against discussing it in their communities. It was sponsored posts I made for the Montreal and Ottawa areas that Gigi and Braden saw and responded to. If you'd like to help support the show's cross-Canada story search, you can submit a buck or more at the Patreon site I've set up, which is at patreon.com slash supernaturalstories. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you have a story of your own to submit, you can do that at supernaturalstories.ca, and you can share the show with a friend. Who knows? Maybe they have a story of their own they've never told. I love having storytellers keep returning with new stories. Sarah told a story in the last show, Episode 7, ESP. She's got another quick story now, and I've recorded several fascinating stories from her for future episodes. You remember in the beginning of Ghostbusters, when they visit the library with the ghost of a librarian? This isn't quite that bad, luckily. I worked for the Library and Archives here in Ottawa. National Library and Archives Canada, the third largest library in the world. During Lest We Forget in November, people start really getting into their ancestry. I was working on the third floor with a group, it was called the Rush Desk, and I'd make copies of what the people in the research area needed to get it to them in like 10 minutes. I'm working at my desk, and the guy that I worked with used to always scare me and, like, hide in the shelves and stuff. And I saw somebody in the back, and I'm like, ha-ha, ha-ha, Sean, you're not even... I kept doing my work, and then I saw it again. I'm like, dude, like, I've called you out 
serious. And he comes walking in to the right of me. And that was maybe the one time that I was like really spooked because I was sure it was him. He's like, there's nobody back here. I'm like, and there was no way he could get to the right of me from being in front of me or to the left of me. You know what I mean? I just packed up my stuff and I went and worked with my team in the basement. It's quite an interesting building. If you have a story about a haunted library, school, or anything like that, make sure to get in touch with the show at supernaturalstories.ca. Last episode, Carol from Halifax told several stories, including the time she responded to a gunshot victim and saved their life. Here's one of her stories about the haunted hospital she works at in Halifax, the Victoria General Hospital. I do hospital security. We're all actually well aware of the spirits that are there. I think I may experience it a little bit differently, being the way I am, but we all have stories, two of us, me and another guy has a story of a scream coming from an elevator two different days at the same time, three o'clock in the morning, in the same building, you know, that kind of thing. I will be sitting by myself and I will watch cords move around me. Stations will change. I'm a dispatcher, so I watch cameras as well. And I was watching a camera in one of the buildings. It used to be a nurse's residence at one point from the early 1900s. I was watching and I saw a woman in the stairwell and that building was, it was two o'clock in the morning. That building is locked up. There's nobody in that building, not even cleaners. And I was watching the camera and this woman was there and she was in, you know, she was wearing a dress and, and almost like an old style nurse's uniform. And I right away, you know, being the security guard, I, I said, Somebody's got to go out to this building and check. There's somebody in the stairwell, and they obviously should not be here at this hour. The guy who would normally check that building pokes his head out of the back room and says, I'm not going. And I said, what? He's like, I'm not going because I've been over there like 10 times for other people, and there's nobody there. And I looked at the camera, and there was nobody there. But where did she go? Because I looked at all my other cameras, and she wasn't there either. There's no way she could have gone that quickly. She can't walk that quickly. It's like she just kind of blipped out of existence or something. Uh, what hospital is it? It's the Victoria General Hospital in Halifax. Oh, my brother is traveling back to Halifax tomorrow. Okay. That is a very active hospital. Screaming Elevator, that's in the rehabilitation hospital. That's all. I've only been there at that hospital for six months. And I could tell you weird little experiences that I've had there. I could keep you here a very long time. I think maybe we'll have to save for another time that we could speak together and uh, you could tell some more uh, stories about there. Oh, sure, yeah. I, I would love to, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty open to people who are open to this. There are people and they ask me if I believe in spirits and I always say I can't afford not to. There's way too much going on in this world that is unexplainable. I said, if they come up with a scientific explanation for it, okay, I accept that. But until then... This last storyteller, Catherine, has some stories about a local haunted house which is the location of a restaurant. The Cake Mansion on Jarvis Street in Toronto is a popular dining destination in a historical building, the former Massey House, a mansion where spirits are roaming. 
Cake Mansion and the mansion beside it, and I was more involved with the mansion beside it, both of them being Massey houses. The Cake Mansion is in the original Massey house, and the second one is the one that they built for, I think it was his daughter. Six years ago, I started managing them. Seems like forever. <laughs> um, the one beside the keg has always been vacant while I was there. It's gone through several different hands. It was an art gallery at one point, and then just before I started, it was a private school, and then copiously used for movie and TV sets. The Strain did a scene that was hilarious. Uh, when uh, Guillermo del Toro was going through with his crew, I was there, and I was pregnant, and um, we were just emptying up the building, and they're scoping out the bottom floor of the house where they're going to be filming scenes for The Strain. I hang out in the back. I'm just a chick that opens the door. I let them do their thing. He's on the way out, and all of a sudden, he just stops, and he turns to me, and, like, his whole crew just stops, and they all turn to me, and he looks at me, and he's like, so is it true? And I'm like, is what true? And he's like, is this place haunted? And I'm like, well, you know, it depends on who you talk to. I believe it is. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm, like, thinking, God, if my sister would have stomped on the floor right now, it would be amazing. She just stopped moving as soon as he stopped talking because she was afraid to move. It has such a history that a lot of people know that this house is haunted. It is what it is. If you look online for the building, it comes up, Massey House is haunted. How long after you started working there did you notice anything strange? I would say it was a year or two later. There was always some weird things there was lockers in the basement and the doors were always open and I was always closing them. It never clued into me that that was anything strange. I was thinking, you know, maybe some contractor was in here and, and was doing something stupid that way. But once all the furniture was gone, I had uh, a acquaintance of mine who also does work with movies and stuff like that. He was a little upset by the fact that we were getting rid of all the textbooks and everything. Well, there's so many schools around the world that could probably make use of these books and stuff like that. So him and a bunch of friends came over to the mansion one day to take all the books. And that was all they were there for. They had a big truck. They were there just to take all the books to see what they could do to disperse them to places that would need them and be able to utilize them. While they were there, one of the girls swore she saw someone in the basement, and she was able to describe the person in detail um, from the period when the house was occupied and whatnot. Like I was saying, I was always closing the locker doors because they were always opening. So one of the girls was down there, and all the locker doors had been closed, because that's one of the first things I would always do, because I would always have to tour, and I'd start from the bottom up, close all the doors. And while she was in the other room, she walked out into the hallway and heard all of the moping. Just every single one of the locker doors slam open, and she walked into the room. Every single one of the locker doors had just suddenly swung open. Again, I had heard those, but I never saw the person the attic was always an ongoing joke because there was always one window in the attic that was always open. I'd be driving by on the weekend and I would look up and the window would be open and I would have to stop, park, <laughs> go into the house, walk all the way up the attic and close the window. We'd change the latch on the window. We'd pile things up against the window, but the window was always open. My boss at the time was convinced there was somebody living in the place. There are no squatters coming in here. It's it's not possible. One time I was alone in a completely and utterly vacant building doing my inspection. And I had just started from the bottom again. 
the building, when you go in, it has a presence. It, it definitely has a presence. I manage a lot of properties and have managed a lot of properties in my time as a property manager. But when you walk in this building, it like grips you. Like there's a history in this in this this one house, and and you can feel it. And it and so you're walking through it, and it's a little eerie at times. But you know, you're thinking it's just it's just an old house. So I'm going through the building. I had gone from the basement to the attic, made sure everything was closed, locked, cleaned, was on my way out the door, and then it was just clear as day sounded like somebody was upstairs picking up like some sort of china plate or whatever and just smashing it against the wall and you can hear the tinkle as it falls and clatters to the ground and then another one smash against the wall and then tinkling as it fell to the ground i didn't know what to do (laughs) do i go back upstairs that's not possible there's nothing here there's nothing to throw there's no furniture that's insane and i'm like maybe maybe there's a construction i'm hearing you know i couldn't figure it out and i was just like you know what i'm just gonna leave i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna go but i remember leaving getting into my car and calling one of my contractors and going you will not believe what just happened and him going oh can i swear am i allowed to swear he just was like oh damn one of his bosses who never goes into the building and he refuses to go in the building and i never questioned why he's like that's exactly what happened to him they were in there together and the place was vacant they heard stuff smashing against the wall and heard it tinkling from downstairs themselves and that's why his boss would never go into the building. And nobody had ever told me that story. It was the first time I heard it. And I'm like, okay, you're just BSing me. I called my boss at the time to tell him I was on the way back to the office and to let him know what happened. And he's like, oh, damn, that's exactly what happened to such and such contractor. And I'm like, okay, well, if he's also telling me this story, then chances are this actually really happened to him as well. Anytime I visited that building after, like anytime I would have to pull out my phone and start talking into it to someone because I was petrified <laughs> walking in there by myself. Even if I was physically by myself, I needed to know that somebody could hear me while I was walking through there. What were you worried would happen to you? What can ghosts do? <laughs> um, and and do I really want to be here to find out, you know? It almost felt like if I was talking to someone, if there was a ghost, they'd leave me alone. Do you think that what you were hearing was kind of like a replayed memory in the building? You know, I don't think that's way out of line because anytime I ever heard noise or anything in the building, it was always on the second floor, the westernly room. I'm assuming at one point was probably master room or, or just a sitting room or whatever. It was a huge room. And I only ever heard the noise coming from that area. Perhaps there was a fight or an argument and that's why there was broken plates. I've read online that people have seen a young boy running up and down the stairs. Yeah, that's in the keg mansion. And in the keg mansion, I've heard the little boy laughing, for sure. And I've had dinner there a few times. People have seen him running up and down the stairs. I've heard childlike laughter, and I've been there before they started service, so it's just the employees that are in there. And I've been down in their basement, which is really creepy um, uh, some people say they see the maid hanging from the entranceway 
when you walk in, there's this huge marble table just on the inside where the kitchen is. People have said that they've seen just in front of that a lady swinging there because a maid, and this is fact, did hang herself inside the keg mansion. And not long ago, a man jumped and fell through the glass roof. <sighs> yeah, I managed the building then. That was Valentine's Day. A few years ago, someone tried to break in and they were breaking in through the attic. They got into the attic. The floor has a stained glass ceiling. So in the same entranceway, when you see the marble tabletop, if you look directly up, you'll see the stained glass ceiling, uh, which has since been replaced. He tripped somehow and uh, he fell. Uh, I can detail how he fell if you want, but no, he fell all the way. Unfortunately, did not make it. That was not the most fun day. The pictures that came out of that are ones I probably am never gonna get out of my mind. Whether or not he's added to the lot of people that are currently in their place, that's to be seen. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories. And thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural. I'm your host, Cal Goodbaum. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. The music featured in the show was by Trez Tangos with Kidder and Polka, Blue Dot Sessions with Slow Dial, and Vicio by Cratch Trio. The rest of the music I composed. If you want to contribute a buck or more towards the production of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash supernatural stories. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The funds can help pay for the sponsored posts, postering campaigns which attract story submissions. If you have a story of your own you contribute, you can do that at supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time.